broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Midtown Business Radio. Hey, what's up, everyone? It's C.W. Hall, and if you and your leadership team have been having conversations about the fact that it's time you take your social media content to the next level, you're going to want to meet my next guest. I read a piece called How to Self-Promote Without Being a Jerk by Bruce Kazanoff on LinkedIn Pulse. He's been featured there numerous times, having published over 300 pieces on LinkedIn. He focuses his work as a ghostwriter, helping businesses do just that, improve the quality and quantity of the content that they're putting out on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and others. I had a chance to talk to Bruce about how he got into ghostwriting, some of the qualities that very successful individuals and business people utilize when they're interacting with others. And we talked about his philosophy on service versus selling. Check it out. I was in this situation where for the first time in my life, I could write about anything I wanted. It would reach an audience, and I, I got the opportunity that a lot of people don't get, which is to say, well, what do I, what do I really care about? And after years of being in marketing and, and kind of getting a little bit jaded by it, I recognized that what I really cared about was this intersection of how do you help other people and do that in a way that it sustains your own needs because you know you have to support your family and, and keep your own career going. So the, the more I wrote about it, the more I attracted people who could give me examples and points but also what happened because I'm you know I make my living by being a, a ghostwriter of social media articles it attracted to me people who said because I had a marketing background they said hey do you ever help people out so it, it was less about me deciding I'm going to become a ghostwriter than other people coming to me and saying well I like your pieces I like what you write about I want to write like that but I don't know how would you ever help us and so people kind of pulled me into it I had I did one thing back in 2005. I ghost wrote one business book on leadership, and so I just kind of I'm an accidental ghostwriter, and one of the few who has a, a following because I write so many things under my own name. The most successful people in business are successful givers. That is, they're focused on other people's needs, and but they do it in a way that they too enjoy success. And really, what what I'm writing about is how do you do that? So Adam kind of introduced that concept and used research to show. That it's not, there's two groups of people who are focused on other people's needs. They're the most successful in business and they're the least successful in business. And the difference between those two groups is the most successful ones have figured out they have to do this in a way that accounts for, for their own needs. That is, you have to be able to keep in mind, I have to support my family. You have to keep in mind, I need to keep my career moving too. You know, it, I just can't get so caught up in running around doing whatever the next person I see needs. But successful givers, they know how to do both. And and I everything that I do now is to basically, okay, well, how? And so that's what I write about now, both for myself and, and surprisingly for other people because the people I attract as ghostwriting clients fundamentally want something similar to what I write under my own name. Serve, don't sell. Do something for somebody else. And I don't just mean like open the door for somebody. I mean as a business philosophy. For example, if you look today and you see a company, you go to the website and they say, here, you can download our white paper. And the first thing that they ask is, tell me your name, address, how many employees, what's your marketing budget? You should just walk away. I believe that you should, if you want to use a white paper to promote your business, fine, give the white paper away and tell people if they want to get others like this after they're done reading that they can just click on this link and sign up. That makes sense, but serve, do something for somebody else first. And so what, what people don't get the first time they hear me talk or hear other people talk about this is I'm not just saying be a do-gooder. 
I'm saying that serve first, help others first, demonstrate your value first. And then people will say, hey, I really like this guy, CW. He'll, maybe I should call him because I know he reached a lot of people. That's the way to do it. Stick around. We got the full interview with Bruce coming up next. And thanks for joining us here on the Midtown Business Radio Show. It's uh, C.W. Hall, your host, and I have the pleasure of sitting down with uh, author and ghostwriter uh, Bruce Kazanoff. I came to know Bruce uh, through LinkedIn, actually. Uh, He regularly posts um, well-written articles on LinkedIn Pulse and uh, read an article slash book um, of his, How to Self-Promote Without Being a Jerk. I love the title. I love the cover. Um, so I was certainly pulled into what he had to say about it. And um, basically, once I got down into uh, the heart of the writing, it was really uh, an underlying theme of promote yourself, advance your career, advance your interpersonal relationships simply by being kind and generous, um, thinking to yourself, uh, how can I help this person in this interaction? And uh, all of those points resonated very uh, greatly with me, and um, I was certainly interested in in having a conversation with Bruce to learn a little bit about how he arrived at this particular philosophy, which for many is, is uh, it's, it's kind of strange to say it may be foreign, actually. Some of the things he's talking about are quite simple, but uh, they're not always easily executed by us in the day-to-day interactions that we have. So, Bruce, I appreciate you jumping on the phone with me. I know you've got some things going on over there that have got you real busy, but for, for taking some time, I I really appreciate it. My pleasure, CW. I, I really appreciate the invitation. If you would, just introduce folks to your background in terms of what led you into writing and more then more specifically ghostwriting for the business sector, helping them put out information that helps them tell their story. And I'm in my 50s. I've been a, a speaker and a consultant and an entrepreneur, usually around kind of the leading edge of marketing, trying to get companies to be more responsive to needs of their customers. And when LinkedIn started having uh, people write on LinkedIn and they went out to about 100 really famous people, Barack Obama and Richard Branson and Bill Gates and, and in something called the LinkedIn Influencer Program. And I had just written a book on customer experience and innovation. And I, for something in my head said, I, I got to do that. And so it, it was bold and ridiculous, but I sent a note to LinkedIn and said, hey, can I write too? And for whatever reason, they said yes. And I was in this situation where for the first time in my life, I could write about anything I wanted. It would reach an audience. And I, I got the opportunity that a lot of people don't get, which is to say, well, what do I, what do I really care about? And after years of being in marketing, and it kind of getting a little bit jaded by it. I recognized that what I really cared about was this intersection of how do you help other people and do that in a way that it sustains your own needs because, you know, you have to support your family and, and keep your own career going. So the, the more I wrote about it, the more I attracted people who could give me examples and points. But also what happened because, I'm, you know, I make my living by being a, a ghostwriter of social media articles. It attracted to me people who said, because I had a marketing background, they said, hey, do you ever help people out? So there was less about me deciding I'm going to become a ghostwriter than other people coming to me and saying, well, I like your pieces. I like what you write about. I want to write like that, but I don't know how. Would you ever help us? And so people kind of pulled me into it. I had I did one thing back in 2005. I ghostwrote one business book on leadership. And so I just kind of, I'm an accidental ghostwriter and one of the few who has a, a following because I write so many things under my own name. When did the writing piece really become the thrust of what you do? You talked about the fact that you spent some time in marketing, but have you always been writing behind the scenes or yeah. where did that, yeah, where did that evolve Yeah, from? really. Well, it, my, my wife says nothing's changed. So <laughs> we, we met at, we both got MBAs at Wharton at UPenn. And I, at the time that I went there, 
I was the features editor of the Wharton newspaper, and I wrote a weekly humor column. And so she says, well, you've been doing this for 30 years. In my mind, I went on, I did other things. I've always written as part of my job somehow, but I, I never would have said I was a writer. But I, I guess the, the common thread is I've always been drawn to loving when I got the opportunity to sit down and, and write. And I always felt like it was a, a luxury that is, you know, you, you've got to be with a client, you've got to be selling, you've got to be doing something else. And at last, I'm in the situation where, no, that's that's all I do. Your work is, write. is writing. And yeah. so I, I feel fortunate and I, I love it. For you, philosophically, the notion of, of gratitude, of generosity, of helping others, where did that come from in you to become such a prominent part of what you want to talk about and share with others? It just has never made sense to me the way that we we say one thing, but we teach our kids and we practice the other. And I'll give you a silly example. And I don't mean to be anti-sports because I'm pretty athletic. <laughs> but think about any professional sports league, baseball, football, whatever. There's zero-sum games. Somebody wins, somebody loses. And we don't stop. We hate ties. We don't stop until... Out of all the teams, one wins. And that kind of translates into business because when you stop and think about the average person, on a Saturday or Sunday, they're either watching or playing a sport, or and certainly that's true the more you get into business leaders. And it always felt like, oh, I really like the playing of sports, but I don't like that aspect. And it teaches us that there's always going to be a loser. So if you have one company selling to another or company selling to a individual, people are thinking, well, who's going to win in this transaction? And, you know, along the way of doing business, I've had one entrepreneur who really successful, who I worked with closely for a while, and he literally would say to me, in every transaction, somebody gets screwed, and I'm going to make sure I'm not that guy. <laughs> and it just never made sense to me that in, in business, I don't get that. I think that's, you know, those relationships, they're not long-term, they're not supportable. When I... Um, 20, well, it's almost 30 years ago now, one of my first jobs, someone else came up with the idea of starting a product line for the company I work for. That person got fired, and all of a sudden I was in charge of it, and I had to find a factory, first one, then two, in Asia to make these collectible products that the company made. And it immediately occurred to me, the only way that this would work is if this was a win-win structure. And, you know, the head of the company wanted me to basically screw these people negotiated really low unit cost, and I refused. And I said that that doesn't make any sense. That we'll just that we'll have to go get find another factory in two years. And so I won the day. It was like a year <laughs> of stress in, in in doing that. And that program lasted 25 years. Awesome. And so that taught me every kind of five years that I ran across the people who still worked there because I went on and did other things. I thought, wow, that was pretty amazing. Like, by, for example, after three years. I left, I, I started another company. There were a thousand people at a factory in China that just made products for us that essentially I had started. I, mean, I didn't start it, but I gave them purchase orders to do this. Yes. And because it was structured as win-win, it lasted. And so, you know, I just have always believed in that. How rewarding is that to think about? I mean, that's a, a quarter of someone's life that they got to work with a consistent availability of work every day because you took that approach. Look, business is tough. Here's the good thing. And the reason I've written those couple of books and the reason I write so much online is because I think that while there's a lot of good and bad in the world, in terms of our being connected by social media, by smartphones, by wireless, by internet, it does create an opportunity for 
altruism, for helping others, for being trustworthy, for being genuine and authentic, those things have an advantage in the more we get interconnected because the more transparent it is for people to see. I mean, think about how everybody, every company now or every good company has reviews, good and bad, out there for people to see. I mean, if you had said 20 years ago that I could go to a company's front door, essentially, and see who trashed them, who said this product stinks, (laughs) who said, you know, I got it home and fell apart. I mean, are you kidding? We never would have done that. And that's what happens today. And so much so that a lot of people, myself included, I won't book a hotel. I won't buy a product unless I see, I want to see reviews from real people. And we've all learned to kind of look for people who think like us, you know, evaluate a company or an opportunity based on that. So I think that that being generous and trustworthy and focused and persistent, they really make a difference today. That's why these things that used to be, well, you know, there was like the golden rule and, you know, but they're much more powerful today because you can actually, like I get 100% of my business just by writing what I believe in online. Mm-hmm. I don't do anything else, and it works. Talking with social media ghostwriter Bruce Kazanoff, you've probably read one of his articles published on LinkedIn Pulse. That's where I met him um, reading his book, How to Self-Promote Without Being a Jerk. We've been talking about how he employs an attitude of generosity and gratitude towards his work and has found that uh, it's a great way to have better interpersonal relationships. What do you know? Uh, As well as advancing yourself professionally just by having a thought in your mind when you're interacting with people. How can I help this person in this engagement? Bruce, can you talk about your book, How to Self-Promote Without Being a Jerk? What was the impetus behind that? Um, I I thought it was kind of an interesting title uh, just because I think that in a way that people don't like the notion of self-promoting, but as you explained... Self-promoting isn't a bad thing. We do it every day, all the time. That you know, many of us just try to hide that fact that we're self-promoting. But there's nothing wrong with self-promoting as long as you're approaching it with the way that you talk about. It, and that is, how can I help you while I'm doing that? You know, while I'm trying to get ahead. Right, right. So that that book is based around one sentence, and the sentence is: be generous and expert, trustworthy and clear, open-minded and adaptable, persistent and present. So that's how you self-promote without being a jerk, you know, and I realize I said that fast for, for somebody who's listening, but the book is organized. Each one generous is a chapter, expert is a chapter. That sentence I just gave you, that's literally, I sat down three and a half years ago and wrote a personal credo for how I wanted to live and work. And it occurred to me I didn't have something that was repeatable. And I just, the more I lived with it, the more value I got and then started to write about it and did a PDF about it and 40,000 people downloaded it. And (laughs) finally I said, okay, I should turn this into a little book. So is it self-promoting? What it really is, is how to get business by having these positive qualities. Do you have, because I've seen it mentioned a couple of times in different pieces that you're writing where you're differentiating uh, being weak, if you will. Some people might perceive being kind, being helpful, and being generous as being weak and losing, as you say. So how do you talk about that with the businesses that you're interfacing with? Because I I feel what you're saying. I I, I totally believe it. Uh, I believe you attract with what you put out there. Um, But for the company that says, well, I don't want to be weak, what do you say? Well, so one of the pivotal things for me was uh, meeting Adam Grant, who's a Wharton professor, the youngest one in the history of the school. Uh, he wrote a book, Give and Take, which is also about this subject. And um, and and Vivian seen he and I, as he does a lot of research around this, and I, I basically write. And so his point of view, which which really motivated me to, to write about this more, was the most successful people in business are what he calls successful givers. 
that is, they're focused on other people's needs, and but they do it in a way that they too enjoy success. And really what, what I'm writing about is how do you do that? So Adam kind of introduced that concept and used research to show that it's not, there's two groups of people who are focused on other people's needs. They're the most successful in business and they're the least successful in business. And the difference between those two groups is the most successful ones have figured out they have to do this in a way that accounts for for their own needs. That is, you have to be able to keep in mind, I have to support my family. You have to keep in mind, I need to keep my career moving too. You know, it, I just can't get so caught up in running around doing whatever the next person I see needs. But successful givers, they know how to do both. And and I everything that I do now is to basically, okay, well, how? And so that's what I write about now, both for myself and, and surprisingly for other people, because the people I attract as ghostwriting clients fundamentally want something similar to what I write under my own name. When you're, you're going to produce a ghostwriting piece and somebody has, has engaged you in that capacity, what's that mm-hmm. process like for you? Are you asking, do they typically know they have a story to tell or are they coming to you for ideas? How does that process typically flow? All of the above. A lot of people don't have a, they don't have a story to tell. They know what they want and they have expertise, but they don't necessarily know, hey, Bruce, can you help me write a story on greenhouse gas or you know how to market? Or <laughs> That's more my job. The process is actually not unlike the one we're engaging in now. First few times, I'm just having a conversation with somebody, you know, tell me what you want to call this. Oh, what, what do you do? You would tell me about what you do, who do you work for, and what works for you. And you do that for three minutes and people start telling you, well, I think the company should be more responsive. Okay, well, how do you think? And we just get into it like that. There are some people who have very specific things they want to tell. I don't think enough people know about all the things that we do in business or science. Or I have a lot of speakers, for example, professional speakers as clients. They have tons of ideas and content. Some of them have written books. But when it comes to short social media articles, catchy headlines, they either don't have the time or they don't really know how to do that. So it's seldom the case. I work for a lot of smart people. They have a lot of great ideas. That's not the problem. The problem is that you have to say that, as you said, in a short, concise, engaging mm-hmm. way. That takes some work, and that, that's what I, I like to do. <laughs> I was reading your piece you put out today about how quickly can you get to the point. <laughs> right, yeah. Verbosity yeah, that, being that, a problem that's of actually, mine sometimes. That's a, actually, I stray into humor only occasionally because I'm really hard and it polarizes people. Huh. But when I finished writing that article, I realized this is kind of a silly article, but it's also true. You know, it's about people who will talk for half an hour and not really still... <laughs> I've summarized, which is a pet peeve of mine and drives me crazy. And so I I kind of said it. But I try and be positive. And and the lead to that story is not really positive. But um, it is fun. And one of the things I really love about online, which is true of all anybody who publishes online, is you get, I mean, it it amazes me when someone in India, 10 minutes after I write something, is commenting or asking a question. And then someone in Kalamazoo, Michigan responds to him and then someone else jumps in from Los Angeles and, and then I jump in. And, and on this piece, especially, there's some interesting and funny comments and that to me is the most gratifying part of this, that you get that interaction. Givers Deliver, Grow Your Career by Helping Others. Talk about that more recent piece you wrote. That's my uh, the second of my two Kindle books and that is how do you, it's what I said a minute ago, how do you be a successful giver? How do you be focused on other people and have it work for you? Because you know, one of the things, if you, if you went to like an altruism discussion group, you'd have this 
polarizing debate about, well, if, you, <laughs> if you're out for yourself, it's not altruism and blah, blah, blah. And I think that's nonsense. I think that we're complicated human beings with multiple needs, and you have to be able to do this, help others in a way that you get what you need to. So that's just a collection of short articles, basically, on how do you do it? How do you, for example, anything you put online should be useful to somebody else. And if the only reason you're putting it online is because you're trying to sell something, forget it. All that stuff is declining immensely in effectiveness. I had a couple of months ago a guy who was the president of what's called a lead generation company. So he goes out and he sells to businesses that will get you all the lead sales leads you need. It's like Glengarry, Glenn Ross, and a, a, you know, a, a boiler <laughs> yes. room. Always you know, be closing. Yeah, you know, I need the leads. I need the leads. You know, and and he called me up and he said, "Wow." It's getting tougher and tougher to sell online. I need help. I want to write some articles. So if even a really, really those folks are having trouble, it's because the selling, you know, so I say like, for example, one of the things is serve, don't sell. Do something for somebody else. And I don't just mean like open the door for somebody. I mean as a business philosophy. For example, if you look today and you see a company, you go to the website and they say, here, you can download our white paper. And the first thing that they ask is, Tell me your name, address, how many employees, what's your marketing budget. You should just walk away. I believe that you should, if you want to use a white paper to promote your business, fine. Give the white paper away and tell people if they want to get others like this after they're done reading that they can just click on this link and sign up. That makes sense. But serve, do something for somebody else first. And so what, what people don't get the first time they hear me talk or hear other people talk about this is I'm not just saying be a do-gooder. I'm saying that serve first. Help others first. Demonstrate your value first. And then people will say, hey, I really like this guy, CW. He'll, maybe I should call him because I know he reached a lot of people. That's the way to do it. Something I, I, I just recently discovered, the piece called The Secret Law of Attraction. I'm sure you're familiar with that based on yeah. the things you say. And we, my wife and I watched, I don't know if you want to call it a documentary, uh, but we watched the, the show that they put out for it. And right. no, I, didn't, I, I, I didn't really grab on so much to the whole, think about money, think about money, and you'll get money. But I did believe, and, and, and really incorporate the notions that that the type of energy that you put out there are magnetic whether they're positive things yes. or they're negative yeah. things and 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 to go back to what you were talking about earlier about thinking in your mind how can i help this person i'm interacting with right now whether it is simple as holding the door open for somebody uh, trying to make someone smile in a moment whatever the case may be or in a business transaction how how can i make this such a, that they walk away thinking wow it was great doing business with them i believe that those things really do have some power. I mean, we've been working very much in that consciously in our day-to-day interactions. And I got to say that the space around me is a whole lot more pleasant to be in. And I've been able to meet some very, very, very cool people, you included, that also walk in that space. And I can't help but believe that there is some measure of, of truth, if not a great measure of truth, and you bring to you what you focus on and what you think about and what you put out there. Yeah, I'll give you a very specific, very easy way to to prove that. If you, for the next week, every time you interact with another person, phone call, email, in person, buying coffee at Starbucks, put three words in your head, help this person. So if the person, if you're in a rush and you're in line at Starbucks and the person behind the counter is all frazzled and going too slowly, tell them a joke, smile at them, give them an extra buck tip. Do something to try and break that pattern. If you walk in and your boss is upset and he or she is stressed out, try and diffuse the tension. Say, hey, can I take something off of your back? Just doing that, 
literally walking into a room and saying, okay, how can I help these people? It's exactly what you said. It changes your attitude. People will pick up on it. And nobody's going to say to you, hey, why are you so helpful? They're going to say, you seem positive. You seem, it changes you from someone stressed out in line to somebody saying, well, I'm not going to be like that. The two people who were complaining in front of me, I'm going to be the breath of fresh air today. Makes an unbelievable difference. It's been such a treat to actually get to talk to you. And I can tell just by the writing that you aren't just putting out some, some articles or some posts or whatever the case may be just to influence people. It's something that you're living. It flows through your writing. And uh, I have to say that those thoughts that you've put out there. I have incorporated those into my own daily living, if you will. So it was a pleasure to actually get to sit down and and talk with you. What thoughts would you like to leave people with? You were talking about how can I help this person? Anything else that we want to share with folks before I let you get back? I know you're in the middle of some uh, some renovations there. So uh, (laughs) final thought? I just think, look, if you have a choice, err on the side of being open and helpful and positive. I'm not not like a blue sky, the, the world is always perfect person. I just think that it's a strategy that works. And the more that you're clear and focused and uplifting, the more positive stuff comes to you. And I mean, it's not rocket science that if you're (laughs) positive, people like to be with you. They like to work with you. They're going to choose you over your competitor. Why wouldn't they? Uh, And thank you, by the way, for those kind words. I really appreciate that. And I appreciate you making time for me. It's been Bruce Kasanoff. He's a ghostwriter that serves the business community, helping them tell their story through their social media platforms, being able to uh, put out a a very useful and helpful piece of information. If you're wanting to try to tell your story a little bit better out there in the social media world and on your website, make sure you link up with him. You can do that at Kasanoff.com. That's K-A-S-A-N-O-F-F.com. I know you're all over social media. You want to share some of the social media sites where folks can link up with you there as well? If you just go to Kazanoff.com, there's tons of links, and, and, and you can get to any of my things. And if you haven't done so already, get out to Amazon. Check out How to Self-Promote Without Being a Jerk. It's $4.95. It'll take you 30, 45 minutes to read, and you'll be glad you did. And the other one that I haven't downloaded yet, but I'm going to, Givers Deliver, Grow Your Career by Helping Others. Man, I mean, what kind of bad things can come to you when you're thinking about things in that kind of way? Seriously. So, Bruce Kasanoff, man, I really appreciate getting a chance to connect with you, and I'll let you get back to your day. But hopefully we can reconnect sometime. I enjoyed talking to you today, and uh, I'll be more than happy to get you back on and, and and talk more about some of these cool thoughts that will clearly help those in the business world who implement some of these ideas. Thank you so much, C.W. It's been a real pleasure. All right, man. We'll talk to you down the road. Okay. Right, see you. That's it for today. We'll see you all same time, same place next week.